The criminal has no hates or fears, except very personal ones. He is possibly the only human left in the world who looks lovingly on society. Ben Hecht, screenwriter and author. The public remained fascinated by Mickey's life, particularly his ability to survive so many well-publicized assassination attempts. He became the master of the soundbite long before it turned into the annoying staple of radio and television journalism. He had an audience that clamored for him, and he continued to entertain them through his exploits and willingness to speak openly. Journalists enjoyed quoting him because he was always willing to offer controversy, often with a sense of humor. If I see a guy a couple of times, the press calls him my henchman. What the hell is a henchman anyway? The nation estimated that Mickey's bookmaking business had grown to $7 million annually, with payoffs to a single person totaling $427,000 per year. Police officers helped collect his gambling money. Still, local city officials wanted no part of seriously investigating him. The nation asked the obvious question. Why do the law enforcement agencies fail to clamp down on it if they are really interested in Mr. Cohen's activities? Writer Kerry McWilliams explained the country's attraction to Mickey. He is a fascinating figure to all sorts of people. Columnists, politicians, movie actors, society figures, and others who were drawn to him by stories of his power and wealth, his fabulous hospitality, and above all by the curiosity that people have about a man who moves about under the shadow of a death sentence. McWilliams compared Mickey to hopeless romantic Jay Gatsby of the novel The Great Gatsby. He wondered if Mickey's success wasn't proof of brilliant insight into the mind of author F. Scott Fitzgerald, and offered a brief bio of Mickey that concluded with Lord of Sunset Strip. Stories like these indicated that Mickey's public cash flow escapades were only grandstanding. He wanted his public to think that the city had harmed him by keeping his Pearson case bail money. He already had a reputation as a soft touch for anyone in need, and as one of Hollywood's most generous hosts. He still traveled with an entourage that often numbered fifty, all driving Cadillacs. Mickey was still haunted by the feeling that he wasn't accomplishing enough socially or politically. He always needed something extra, any activity that would help diminish his own low self-esteem and help solidify his public status as a decent person. He fought against those who dismissed his life ambitions as being only ego-driven. He remained devoted to Israel, a deep-seated responsibility that was unrelated to his personal achievements. He continued his quest to right all the wrongs written in the newspapers. He complained bitterly about the local police and claimed they were out to ruin him. He took on the city and his political activism convinced enough people that the local government was corrupt. Honest Major Boran, ironically first elected on a recall, was now himself the victim of recall petitions. People around town carried brooms to sweep Boran out. The Ordinary Citizens Committee to recall Boran quickly collected 130,000 signatures. The troubled mayor claimed 
that gamblers and others of the underworld who have the cooperation of communists financed the dump Boron campaign. Present circumstances forced him to base his re-election campaign on a simple unconfirmed fact. Mickey was a small-time punk, a creation of the media, and Los Angeles was still the city of angels, as reported in life. He proved neither argument.